Welcome to Inside the Vatican with American Media. I'm Sebastian Gomes, filling in for Colleen Dully. This week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I discuss a possible papal trip to South Sudan. Then we'll tell you about what the Pope has planned for a confirmed trip in a few weeks to Japan and Thailand. Finally, we'll update you on the U.S. Bishops' national meeting taking place in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New York, Jerry. Good afternoon from a wet and windy Rome, uh, Sebastian. It's good to talk to you. Let's jump right in. This weekend, the Pope made kind of a surprise announcement during the recitation of the Angelus Prayer, which he does every week in St. Peter's Square. He announced his desire to go to South Sudan. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, he's expressed this desire for more than a year, and he's wanted to go last year. He couldn't go, and he wanted to go this year. And he spoke on Sudan because there is a kind of a paralysis. The governing party and the opposition haven't been really able to reach uh, an agreement to set up a proper government. And so the Pope says, uh, please put the good of the country before your special interests. He said, I will go this year, but I think he meant next year. He plans to go with the Archbishop of Canterbury. And this is not coming out of the blue because he met with the president and some other authorities from the country back in April, right? Where he had that, he had this powerful uh, kind of meeting. I think it was a day or a two-day meeting with them, a sort of retreat to discuss potentially a, a path forward to peace. Fascinating. Let's turn now to a trip that we know is confirmed that's coming up in a few weeks. Pope Francis is headed to Thailand and Japan from Tuesday, November 19th through Tuesday, the 26th. And since Jerry will be traveling with the Pope, we won't have new episodes of Inside the Vatican during those weeks, but we wanted to give our listeners a sense of what to expect from that trip. You know, Pope Francis has this long-standing connection with Japan because he had wanted to be there as a missionary when he was a young Jesuit. Can you give us some of that background? As you well know, the Jesuits uh, looked to Asia right from the beginning. St. Francis Xavier arrived in Japan. He brought Christianity to Japan. And he, in two and a half years, he baptized more than 700 people. And that was the beginning of the Christian presence in Japan. Now, the Pope, when he was studying, is still not yet ordained a priest. Father Arupe, Pedro Arupe, the Father General of the Jesuits, came to Argentina in 1967. And he went to Cordoba and uh, Bergoglio, the man who is now Pope, was a young Jesuit. He went there and he listened to him and he, he was fascinated. And he, after Arupe went back to Rome, Bergoglio wrote a letter saying, I, I would like to go as a missionary to Japan. Now, the Father General resp- responded to him, sorry, we cannot send you to Japan because you've had some surgery on one of your lungs. And it was a fortunate decision because he would not be Pope today had Arupe sent him to Japan. That's very interesting. Now, the most anticipated encounter or address that Francis will be giving is actually going to take place in Nagasaki, which is where one of the atomic bombs that the United States dropped on Japan during the Second World War in 1945. Let's get into this whole conversation about nuclear arms, nuclear weapons, and what Pope Francis has to say about this. Uh, what are you expecting to hear from him in that speech? 
Well, I'm expecting to hear reconfirmation, but in stronger terms, what he said exactly two years ago last Sunday. On the 10th of November 2017, Pope Francis said, departing really from what his predecessors had said, the predecessors had said, okay, we accept that a country can have nuclear arms, but you must work to the abolition of it. Francis said, it is immoral today to possess nuclear arms because the risk to humanity is too high. So I expect in Nagasaki, he will reinforce that and perhaps highlight the great threat. I mean, also remember, we're very close to North Korea, which has building nuclear arms. We're very close to China, which has nuclear arms. And nine countries today have nuclear arms. I just want to follow up on that because we know that when the Pope goes on a trip, he's talking to a number of different people, a number of different constituencies, including the political leaders of that country and, as you say, of the region. Um, Do you have a sense, especially with this speech or what he talks about with nuclear arms, do you have a sense that he is aiming this address specifically at those countries that are now building stockpiles, even if he doesn't call them out explicitly? I I think he's got different audiences. He's first of all got the global community, the world. He he wants to alert people to this real risk to the the future of humanity. Secondly, he's, he's speaking directly to the states that have nuclear arms, the nine states. And Thirdly, he's also talking to the Japanese because the present government, uh, in the Japanese constitution after the war, there was an Article 9 which excluded Japan from military uh, involvement. Now the present government is pushing for a change to the Article 9 of the constitution. The Japanese bishops are totally against it. Interesting. He will be talking also, I think, to the danger from nuclear power plants. Hmm. And you remember there was uh, some years back, there was this big tsunami and the nuclear power plant uh, was really put out of action the, the, and uh, there was a lot of danger in, in the country. I think 150,000 people were displaced, something like that as well. And so Francis is very conscious of this and the Japanese people are very conscious of it so that he, he may well include this as part of his uh, push against nuclear nuclear arms, nuclear power plants. Now, before the Pope visits Japan, he'll be visiting Thailand. And we know less about the Pope's connections or reasons for going there. You mentioned in your book uh, that you wrote on the election of Francis that the Asian bishops had really been looking for someone, uh, a successor to Pope Benedict, who could, who could dialogue concretely with other religions. So in terms of interreligious dialogue, which we know is a huge priority for Francis, What do you expect to see in Thailand? First of all, he's going to meet the head of the Buddhists, because 98-99% of the people are followers of Buddhism. He's going to meet the, the supreme patriarch of the Buddhists in Bangkok. He's going to go to the temple and he's going to meet this man. Secondly, he's going to have a meeting with leaders of the other religions and of the Christian churches in Bangkok. And thirdly, he's going to have a big meeting with the leadership of the Asian Bishops' Conferences. And sure, he's going to speak about the dialogue with other religions, the working together with other religions. Because a Japanese cardinal said to me once, he said, we don't like so much the word dialogue, 
because it's much better to speak about working together, finding ways to cooperate together. So, in other words, almost change the language. But that's what Francis will be talking about with the bishops. And that's right up Francis's alley, because every time he talks about interreligious dialogue, he's saying, look, don't get caught up in some of the, you know, highfalutin, you know, theoretical things that divide us. Let's actually find what we can do together and go forward. Absolutely. And, of course, the other issue that he's going to talk about is evangelization. Mm. How do you bring the gospel, how do you help the gospel to really reach the people in Asia? To date, Christianity is a tiny, tiny fraction of of the Asian peoples. In Thailand, you have 69 million people, just about a half a million are are Catholic. Jerry, you've been on so many of these trips before. Uh, This one feels very special because, as we talked about before, the Pope's long-standing desire, even as a young Jesuit, to visit Japan. But what are you most looking forward to, or what should our what should our listeners be paying attention to during these days? I, I really think uh, the the visit to Nagasaki and Hiroshima. He's going to go to both places. I think this will be really big because for the peoples of Asia, by and large, peace-loving peoples. This is a very big issue. And of course, uh, for Francis, in a way, uh, Japan is the land of his dreams. Well, we very much look forward to uh, that encounter that Francis has with the Japanese and Thai people. For our listeners, you can follow Jerry's reporting at americamagazine.org. Now let's shift to the plenary meeting of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. Last week, we told you about how some of the U.S. bishops are in Rome to meet with Pope Francis and the different Vatican offices for their ad limina visits. The rest of the U.S. bishops are in Baltimore, Maryland for their national meeting, and they've already elected a new president. It's Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles. They're also discussing issues such as migration and gun violence, And they're following up on their June vote to implement the Vatican's new guidelines for establishing systems to report sexual abuse and holding bishops accountable. Okay, Jerry, so I mentioned that the USCCB has elected a new president. It's Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles. Uh, No surprise here, I think, uh, but it is an important uh, position and an important election and appointment. Why? Well, it's it's a milestone in the history of the of the Church in the United States, uh, because Archbishop Gomez was born in Mexico. Hmm. Uh, he's the first Hispanic to be in the top leadership role of the Catholic Church in the United States in the history of the Church in the United States. And I, I, I met him some weeks ago back in Rome when they were reporting on the Encuentro, that meeting that the Spanish Catholics in the States, and, and they're going to be the majority in, in another 10, 15 years in the Catholic community. I, I, I think it's a sign of the times. So, Jerry, I want to ask you specifically about what the nuncio, the Pope's ambassador to the United States, Archbishop Christophe Pierre, had to say to the American bishops. He gives an opening address at their annual meetings. What did we hear from him? Well, basically, I think his central message was saying, are your priests and people receiving the teaching of Pope Francis, his magisterium? Are you really four square behind it? This was really the underlying text. 
he, he was saying to the bishops, uh, many people, and you, you have only to read the papers or listen to some of the comments, people are saying, you know, not all the bishops are supporting Pope Francis. Not all the bishops are in agreement with what he's done on the uh, Amoris Laetitia the, about the question of divorce and remarriage. Not all American Catholics are supporting him on the question of uh, the climate change, the care of our common home. But the Pope in the Catholic teaching is the center of unity and orthodoxy in the church. And so it's it's a mystery to, to people why he's not getting such total support from the bishops' conferences of the United States. This is, this is what comes out in the press. The message from the nuncio was, he put it much uh, more diplomatically, but he, he, he wanted to say, well, maybe one should look as whether really the conference, the bishops, the priests, the lay people are really on board with the teaching of Francis. And he, he mentioned mercy, he mentioned the question of evangelization, he mentioned the question of the Laudato Si. I thought that was really interesting that he, he, he phrased it not just as a message to the bishops, but as a message to all of the local churches in the United States, including, you know, the ordinary people in the pews. We'll see what happens. Our national correspondent, Michael O'Loughlin, is on the ground in Baltimore covering that meeting for America, and you can follow his updates at americamagazine.org. Well, thank you very much, Jerry. We really appreciate you sharing your insights on all of these matters. Uh, I wish you a very pleasant trip to Japan and Thailand accompanying the Pope. We look forward to what comes out of it. Yes, and I look forward to reporting back about this trip it's his 32nd foreign trip. Thank you, Jerry. And just a reminder to our listeners that we will be off for the next two weeks as Jerry is traveling to Thailand and Japan, and we'll be back with Inside the Vatican in the first week of December. Inside the Vatican is produced by America Media at the William J. Loeschert Studio in New York City. This week's episode was produced by Eloise Blondio and scripted by Colleen Dully. Our news correspondent is Kevin Clark. Our audio engineer is Tucker Redding. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. Our studio manager is J.R. Kronheim. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org or follow us on Twitter at americamag. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm Sebastian Gomes filling in for Colleen Dully this week. We'll see you in December. <laughs>